Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business Life and Coffee podcast. This is Joey Price, CEO of Jumpstart HR, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Um, I've used him for some legal work. Um, his name is Davey Danverville Esquire, and he's a rising young attorney in the Philadelphia area. Uh, he practices at a firm called Burns White. Uh, prior to his career in law, he spent seven years climbing the corporate ladder for a national telecom brand, but realized something was missing. Uh, and we'll go through the, his story and some of the nuggets of wisdom that he'll share with, with you guys. Um, so this is a story of Davey's personal journey uh, from the boardroom to the corporate courtroom uh, and why you should never second guess your career aspirations. So welcome, Dave. Thank you for having me, Joey. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for thanks for uh, agreeing. We're actually in your office right now, and uh, I really like the setup. Um, do you find that in your office it's you know easy to work, or do you prefer to get away from the office to, to do some of your work? Well, a large part of my job as a litigator uh, entails me actually going to court. Okay. So in a given, especially in the context of workers' compensation defense, so in a given week. I'm in and out the office four times a week, possibly. Okay. Uh, but of course, you know, I enjoy. I like my office. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, work has to be done somewhere. This is a fine place. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit and uh, go to somewhat the uh, the development of your of your law progression. Sure. Uh, I mentioned that you spent time in New York working for a big telecom brand. Um, what was that experience like? Well, first, I was raised in New York City, so. Uh, you know, born and bred in New York. All of my experience prior to going to law school was in New York City. Uh, and yes, I did work for, uh, I guess it's a Fortune 50 uh, telecom company. And I really enjoyed it. I was part of the corporate sales force. We sold products and services to small businesses and mid-sized businesses, which really that's anywhere from about 50 employee to 200 employee businesses. A lot of them were law firms. Um, and it was, it was great work. Uh, my job entailed selling mobile solutions to, you know, companies that were one growing, and at that time trying to go mobile. So I was doing that work uh, before consumer electronics like smartphones and Blackberries mm -hmm. were generally, uh, I guess, available to consumers. They yeah. weren't really just regular people walking around with those products. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was doing it, we were there was a huge push to get. Uh, the business community fully mobile, where they have mobile internet access. Um, obviously, people were using their email, all of that mobile text. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a great time. I, I really enjoyed the work at the time. It was, I guess, the industry was going through a transition with the new technologies coming out. Uh, I can still remember when the first iPhone one came out. Yeah. Right? So with yeah. Uh, with with Steve Jobs at the platform saying, "Wait, one more thing." Uh, I'm a big Apple nerd, so awesome. when he when he does his uh, presentation, rest in peace, Steve Jobs. But he would always save the big surprise for the end, and so yeah, I, I remember that. But random tangent. Let's let's no, get back fine. to that. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of, of Steve Jobs uh, and Apple. But yeah, so you know, I was in the industry at that time, and like I said, it was transitioning. There was a lot of uh, fierce competition amongst the uh, larger telecommunications uh, companies because everybody. Uh, essentially was looking over to Europe and seeing how big text messaging was mm -hmm. and things like that. And at that time in the U.S., there wasn't really a huge uh, mobile market. It was just uh, emerging. So I liked it. Uh, I also have to say that I was drawn into uh, corporate sales because 
of my personality. I'm just the kind of guy who likes solving problems. I like meeting people, uh, and I like learning a bunch. So, mm -hmm. you know, and working in the sales environment, it, it would work perfect for me. I mean, it was a great opportunity. So I enjoyed it. Uh, you mentioned in your uh, intro that I felt something was missing. And, I, you know, that's one way of putting it. I, I think what I was looking for, which is why I ended up transitioning out of that, was I wanted something a little bit more intellectually challenging and mm -hmm. stimulating. Uh, and, of course, that path led to me going into a career in the law. Okay. So you, you transitioned from sort of an innovative sales position where you're, you're launching mobile technology to uh, small businesses in, in, in the New York area. Uh, and you were ready to move on to to law because it was more intellectually stimulating. What was that transition process like? Um, studying for the LSAT, uh, I imagine. Were you working full time, or did you take time off? What What was that like? Well, all right. So when I when I decided that I wanted to uh, transition from a career doing corporate sales into the law, obviously one of the obstacles is getting into law school, which requires you to take the LSAT. Yep. So. Uh, my personality, Joey, as you know, I get fully committed and I dedicate to whatever the challenge is. Yep. So uh, I understood that you know, I had fine grades uh, in undergraduate, and I knew that I had to get a really good LSAT score. So what I did, which at the time, my parents, when they hear this, are going to laugh about this. At the time, people thought I was crazy. This was in, uh, I believe, 2008, right okay. after the market had dipped. Yep. Uh, what I did was I actually left my work. I actually, you know, I, being in corporate sales is such a uh, aggressive uh, and time-consuming, you know, uh, I guess, profession that I knew I couldn't do it part-time and actually come home and study for the LSAT. Mm -hmm. So I actually left the company, and you know, I had well wishes from everybody I worked with. Uh, some people thought I was crazy because they're like, you know, we're entering into a recession. People are losing their jobs. Meanwhile, you're voluntarily stepping away. Mm -hmm. uh, so I spent about four months just intensely studying for the LSAT. I took preparation for the LSAT like a job. I would spend, you know, eight hours a day just studying, 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 and then, of course, decompressing. Um, took the LSAT, got a pretty good score. Uh, and of course, that you know helped me when I was actually in the process of applying to law schools. Okay, so you applied to law schools, and I, I know that you went to uh, Penn State Law. Um, did you apply to any other schools, and, and what made you decide on on Penn State? Uh, so, for any of your listeners that are thinking about going to law school uh, and are not familiar with the process, I'll give them you know a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. So, for me, when I was thinking about going into law school, I figured, you know, I live in New York City. I'm going to go to law school in New York City. I'll apply to perhaps four schools, and that's it. What ends up happening is when you take the LSAT, <clears throat> excuse me, when you take the LSAT and you receive your score, assuming you get a pretty good score, I don't know how this process works, <laughs> but, like, law schools will seek you out. Okay. So you'll start getting, in my case, I started getting um, letters from law schools just giving me fee waivers, saying, hey, apply to our school at no cost. Uh, so, of course, although I had the idea of just doing four law schools initially, it ended up being, I think I got like eight fee waivers or something crazy like that. So nice. it ended up being that I uh, applied to 13 schools, which to me, it was a long project, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, process. It wasn't something I had ever set out to do, uh, but that ended up being what, what happened. Hey, I if it's free, why not? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now you're thinking. 
Um, so I did that, got accepted to all the schools. The majority of them, I would say of 13, about 11 of them were all in uh, New York City or the New York City uh, greater area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn State, believe it or not, the only reason why I applied to that school is because a, uh, a colleague had told me that you know Penn State was a great school. You should just apply. It's not in New York, but you, I, they love the campus, and they're mm-hmm. like, just just do it. So I applied to Penn State. They accepted me, and I hadn't really ever considered leaving New York City at that time. Yeah. Um, but on a whim, I said, you know what? Let me go check out the campus uh, and just see what it's like. And I honestly just showed up unannounced to the school. Uh, just took a drive around, you know, University Park campus. Loved the school. You know, obviously I was a huge. Uh, Penn State football fan prior yep. to going okay. to the school. That helps. That does. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I just visited the school unannounced, and the reception I got from the law school administration that was there and a few of the uh, professors that I met, it was just so welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that they, like, I don't know, how do I explain I can tell that they had a real desire and interest in, like, what I was looking to achieve with a law degree in, mm-hmm. in our discussions. So I just came back and, and when I got back home uh, from visiting the school, it was just a no-brainer. I was like, this is where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even when I was getting acceptances after that, I had already made up my mind, yeah. you know, made the down payment, and then I guess it's history. Okay, so um, with, with, with sometimes with, with school admissions, uh, you get a sense that they, they sell you one thing or they, they talk up the school experience, but then when you get there, the experience is totally different. Do you feel like it was consistent um, with what you were told up front and sort of the 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 sort of attention that, that they gave? Wow, that is a very difficult uh, a difficult question to answer at this stage. And yeah. the reason why is that in my uh, particular instance, yes, mm-hmm. I do believe that, you know, um, what I've gotten from a degree at, uh, I guess, from Penn State Law, is what I was looking for in, in terms of like the trajectory of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that has to do with the fact that I went back to school as an adult student, yeah. obviously. You know, I, my first year, I was 30 years old. I turned 30 in my first year of law school. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had work experience prior to. I went into my law school search the same way I would have went into looking for a job. I mm-hmm. mean, I researched what the school had to offer. Uh, so in my case, yes. Now... The reason why it's difficult is because I don't want to obviously mislead any listeners into thinking that, you know, deciding on law school is as easy as just listening to the, uh, I guess, selling points that uh, the law school website or administration will give you. I mean, it's a huge decision that you have to make. Um, One of the things that I naturally thought I was going to end up doing is going to law school in New York City because I figured my life would stay in New York City. Uh Leaving... New York City and going to school at Penn State, my life ended up taking its course in Philadelphia, which was the, I guess, the next closest uh, big city to where I went to law school. So those are things where, you know, when I speak to people who are interested in law school, you know, one of the things I always tell them to consider is where do you want to end up, you know, mm-hmm. because that legal community should be the community in which you are looking to forge connections. So, um, you know, Penn State being in the center of the state obviously it doesn't have you know it's not a join to a city so I you know it all depends everybody that's why I said it's not an easy question um, but in my case yes I do feel that uh, I got 
out of Penn State what I was looking for. Yeah, you mentioned a good point about the community that you want to practice in, and I think that's universal to um, whether you are studying law or if you're going to get a PhD or even uh, if you're just uh, pursuing a bachelor's and then you want to network and, and get a job. Um, people look at the school that they attend and say, oh, well, they've got a good football team, or I like the colors, or I like the nightlife around the school. Um, but speaking as an HR professional, too, and, and understanding how pipelines work, um, you've got to look at where people go after uh, college and so, uh, or after their degree um, and what cities are, are there. Uh, for example, if you're going to school in the upper northwest, there may not be be a lot of job opportunities coming at you if you want to travel to Florida. Um, so wherever you want to build your life, that's that's sort of where where you should you should go to school. But that's just you know my take on that. You can. Well, the one thing I want to add as well is, you know, a lot of folks go to law school and don't necessarily want to take the path that I took. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew from you know the outset I wanted to do litigation. Uh, I wanted to work in the private practice um, arena. Some folks want to work in government. Others, you know, they want to graduate with a law degree and go into, you know, work for a corporation perhaps. Mm. Obviously, um, I think that like a lot of the folks that I graduated with, you know, they subsequently left the, you know, University Park area, which is central Pennsylvania, and ended up all over. I mean, I have friends now practicing in Texas, working for corporations in California. Um, A lot of them matriculated to New York City. Um, in other cities. I, I mean, there's also an international presence. So mm-hmm. there's folks that went to Canada and, and, yeah. and, you know, the list goes on. Yeah. So I would say for, you know, assuming that um, one, of your, one or two of your listeners are thinking about transitioning into uh, law school from a uh, prior career, I would say the thing that you want to really nail down is for you personally, what is it that you want to do with your legal degree? Mm-hmm. And if you have an idea uh, as to what you want to accomplish, what you know, what you want to do when you once you obtain that degree, then that will help you, you know, form your trajectory. Like, do I want to be a practicing attorney? And if so, I want to do it in New York City. That probably should factor into your decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's transition to another question here. Um, you mentioned about going to going to law school after working in the in the career world. Uh, being that type of student means you have a different perspective than maybe some of your classmates that went from undergrad to maybe law school or undergrad to master's to law school um, without the depth of career experience that you have. Um, what was it like in the classroom and what perspective do you think you brought to the discussions that maybe your peers that went straight through um, school without experience in the working world um, like how was that? How was that different? Yeah, uh, I think well, certainly there was a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having for any for anybody who has life experience, uh, when they're put in a situation like going back to school, um, obviously you have a different perspective. In my case, I think my perspective was specifically that of an individual who had worked in New York City. I was er- I was really used to the urban environment, the hustle and bustle, a very multicultural community in New York. Um, you know, then I went to law school, and I'm meeting folks from around that are from different, um, you know, places around the country, who had a different makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who were from towns that uh, were make made up of a particular uh, income class and uh, racial background. 
so certainly they brought a different perspective than I, I did. And, you know, I, again, the way my mind works, I'm very open-minded, and, and I like discourse with folks that have, you know, a different backgrounds. So, I don't know, I think my experience in law school, you know, meeting people that were very different, you know, had very different backgrounds than I do, you know, I, I liked it a lot, you know, and hopefully when we were engaged in discussion in class, you know, I, I don't want to speak for anybody, but hopefully they felt that my perspective, given the context I just gave you, mm-hmm. you know, was informative to them because I think what we all were working to, uh, I guess, become with, you know, studying law is to be obviously more knowledgeable of the law, of mm-hmm. course, and think like a lawyer is what they often said in law school, but also you want to be exposed to the cultural differences, uh, societal differences, um, you know, the jurisdictional differences that there exist throughout this country, um, perhaps even internationally. So I would hope that in our classroom discussions and outside of classroom discussions that my classmates got something from my perspective, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I, I felt, I don't know, I thought it was a, a great experience. I, I, it's not easy going back to law school, for sure, When once you've been in the, um, you know, business world. Mm-hmm. I think folks that went straight through probably have an advantage because they've been in that mode of you know obviously learning taking tests and so forth so there was a transition period for me where when i first got there i just had to really like (laughs) focus and hone in on this is the task at hand yeah um but it it worked out what what advice would you give to people that are that are saying i would love to go back to law school but i make this great salary and i don't want to let that go and pursue law for three, four, five years. I, I just don't think I can afford it. I've got like the golden handcuffs on me. Um, what sort of advice would you give there? So, okay, if someone is you know interested in going back to law school after working, uh, I guess in this scenario they're making great money. Yeah. they love their job. You know, obviously, first I would suggest doing research. I mean, research. It's just saying I have a law degree or I'm an esquire or I have a JD. You know. In and of itself, if you're looking for credentials, then you probably need to do a little bit more research to find out, do you want to live the life of whatever said profession is, right? So if it happens to be law school or um, HR or whatever it is you want to do, right? So I would say the first thing is obviously do a tremendous amount of research. You know, leverage your connections, your professional connections to talk to people who do have law degrees. Uh, Perhaps you're in an industry where you are working with outside counsel or you have an internal legal team, talk to those folks. What are their lives like? Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they're not all depressed, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and assuming they're not and they, they enjoy it, just use that as information as, as part of your research. The other thing I'd say is commit to your decision. So if you decide that you like what you do, you know, you don't want to go to law school. In fact, you, you have the golden handcuffs, right? You make good money. You know, commit to that, and that just be the best of whatever you're doing, right? But if you, on the other hand, decide you want to go back to law school, just think about the fact that you will no longer have an income, right? If you're assuming you're attending full time, um, you're going to incur most likely significant amount of debt, even if you're given a scholarship, okay? Um, but you have to commit to it, and you have to say this is the task at hand for the next three or so years. I'm going to pass the bar, and then I'm going to do what I ultimately wanted to do. And then the last part I would say is, and I tell, I, I try to live by this. My, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Is to try to be a 
forest person instead of a trees person. And by that, I mean focus on the big picture. You, there is you know, a trajectory that you see for yourself and you should be chasing that to try to catch up to that. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that the more and more you are actually trying to catch up with the person you envision, that vision will grow as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, focus on the big picture and just commit yourself and, of course, do uh, the required research. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good advice. Uh, a forest person and not a tree person. That's what I try to be, at least. Yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> that. I like that. Uh, why, why, why business law? Of all the law you could practice, why did Dave Damerville choose this area um, to make an impact? So I should probably clarify my area of law. Yep. Um, business law is... It's an umbrella term. Yeah, it is but, an umbrella yeah, yeah. term. It's like, you know, a lot of folks use corporate law, right? Yep. Um, but of course, uh, in the private practice, there there's, transi- there's uh, lawyers that just do transactional work, and there's lawyers that uh, are engaged in litigation and so forth, right? So uh, my particular area of um, focus in my practice uh, includes matters involving injured workers and in the defense of companies. So I do the majority of my work has to do with workers' compensation defense. Mm-hmm. So um, somebody gets injured on the job, uh, and then they bring a lawsuit against an employer, generally that employer, if it's self-insured, or an insurance carrier will uh, you know, notify my law firm and, and will handle the case. So there's a lot of litigation there. Another area which um, I have a, a huge interest in, um, and I also... Uh, work on is uh, occupational health and safety uh, matters. So it's otherwise known as OSHA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and often that has to do with you know employers having, let's say in the construction industry, um, they might have a facility uh, that's under construction or they're doing work out of. There are federal re- uh, regulations such as OSHA which govern the uh, safety and health requirements. So um, those are the areas that I spend the majority of my practice on, uh, and I don't know, I just had an, an interest in that. I've always been interested in uh, defense work, meaning you know, helping companies, uh, I guess, reduce their legal exposure and with whatever risk management issues uh, that they need help with. Uh, it's just something I gravitated to. Uh, as, as a litigator, to be honest with you, I think that um, you should follow what, whatever industry you are, or you know, particular area of law that you're interested in, you should really put your hat in for that, mm-hmm. um, because you know, a case. Not to say a case is a case. There's people who are very, have very sophisticated practices that do, you know, a unique area of law. I happen to be fortunate where I work for a law firm, Burns White, that's a full service firm. So we get a whole wide range of different, um, you know, legal issues, and that just happened to be what I f- was interested in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's next for Attorney Dave Damberville? <laughs> what's next? Well, as you could probably tell, you know me very well, Joey. I love the work that I do now. Yep. Um, you know, as I said before, I get to help businesses of all sizes reduce their legal exposure uh, and defend against lawsuits uh, involving workplace injuries. So. You know, I enjoy that. So for now, it's all about really honing my skills, um, I guess developing my professional reputation and, and kind of just letting uh, folks know the work that's being done here uh, at Burns White. So what's next for me, you know, again, I'm committed to honing my legal skills 
and developing relationships, you know, in communities here in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, And I guess my goal at the end of the day is to grow my practice and be that go-to attorney that companies and insurance carriers, uh, you know, want to turn to when they want aggressive uh, representation. Mm Cool. And uh, how can people contact you and your firm if they want more information? Oh, well, um, I certainly can be reached by email at um, dpdamberville. So I'll spell it D-P-D-A-M-B-R-E-V-I-L-L-E at burnswhite.com. Um, and, of course, they could uh, look up my uh, firm's website. It's at burnswhite.com. Okay. And we'll include those in the show notes for... Uh, and well, let's. Where's your uh, your your region that you that you practice in? My office is in. Uh, we this is the Philadelphia office. Uh, my firm has several loca- locations throughout uh, Pennsylvania, um, New Jersey, Delaware, uh, as well as um, West Virginia. So, you know, we accept clients that have uh, legal issues, obviously in those areas and beyond. So, okay. uh, for sure, you know if. If anybody wants to reach out to me to discuss my transition and perhaps they have, you know, questions about transitioning to uh, law school or, or let's say even MBA school, right? Yeah. Um, they can certainly reach out to me and if it involves a legal matter, for sure, contact me. Okay. Well, Dave, it's been a pleasure. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, invite me to your office and, and do this episode. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, Joey. Thank you for uh, having me uh, on this podcast. You know, I'm a huge fan, of course, <laughs> right? Uh, and I look forward to, you know, obviously listening to future episodes. Cool, thanks, and thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVP said. This is Joy Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups, and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.